Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, if you're going to preach it, it's probably a good idea to know it. Houses firmly refusing to stay clean despite being told to do so. A very tough question from one of our loyal listeners. Tigers crash Bellelli's garden party. Japan's never-ending weirdness leads to a tale of dwarf ninja assassins, primordial beast growls, Planet Nine, and David Bowie's weird way of letting me know that I am the Black Star. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast, begins now. Welcome back everybody, episode 82 of the Drunken Dows Podcast, which is cranking into 2016. And as usual, right across the table from me, my pal, and the middle figure of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. Let's get rolling. Um... On it, that's Sara, sure design. Without them, we may not be having this podcast. So it would be sweet if you guys can click on their uh, websites. Take a look if there's anything you like. I'm not saying buy, because if there's nothing you like, there's no point buying anything. But if you do stuff that you like, I would rather you buy it from these folks who help us out rather than from Walmart or something. So not that Walmart would even offer some of the products that these guys offer, but in any case. Closed in 268 stores. Yeah, I saw that. They are collapsing. evil, evil ways. Yeah. So check them out. That's Usara is the greatest hemp gear out there. Backpacks, computer bags, travel bags. On it is impossible even to try to categorize since they have so many different things. From well, you owe it to yourself to try some Alpha Brain because yeah, no, everybody absolutely. I know I turn it on to digs it. It's not something you're going to get hooked on. It's not like speed. No. It just has this incredible capacity to sort of give you a little click up. Maybe there's a microdose of something awesome in there. I don't know. I don't know the ingredients, but I know that I like it. And Try a bottle, don't like the bottle, get your money back. Exactly. That's simple. So can't really beat that. And of course, there's all the workout gear, the special foods, clothing, all sort of stuff. And speaking of clothing, sure design with the wildest t-shirts, pants, jewelry, all sort of stuff. Hippie heaven is where sure design was born, I he guess. so many great designs. You only see yourself just to go click through the website just to oh, see. Yeah. The worst part is half the times you'll find a great design and then it's gone because yes. the new one is coming yeah it's yeah. constantly changing so there's new stuff all the time the design's changing all the time brilliant absolutely so with these nice folks in our corner that's sweet and it helps um let's get down to business yeah here we go
Brothers and sisters, it's time to relearn what you learned from the Bible and take a good look at exactly what that crazy document is saying. And I must start with a little nuttiness. This is from two weeks in the past, of course, but I saw that Donald Trump was going to read from the Bible. And uh, he says, this one here is from number two Corinthians. I don't think he's ever even opened the thing, much less know what to say. Right? That's amazing. Yeah, well. These poor evangelicals. I'm sure they don't know what to do. No, I mean, you know, he's playing his role and he's doing But they're not buying it, man. They're not? No. I thought they were. If that's how you, you know, come on. Second Corinthians, you're not going to even say it right from the the Uh, top? I know. Oh, man. It's just got to be, you know, at least I can pretend the guy I might be supporting might actually give a fuck about me. Clearly, right. no one gives a fuck about them. No, Trump, Trump is, um, the entertainment factor is high. I think Dan Carlin was saying how he was enjoying Dan, uh, Trump in the race, despite the fact that he obviously doesn't like him because he was, uh, he it's, was saying... It's getting scary he, now, he, it's a thing. You know, I, I know, in fact, that's when entertainment goes wrong, definitely. But speaking of a strange, entertaining moment in the Bible... Yes! Here's one that you have hinted at at some point in the past. Cold uh, hemorrhoids. Uh, no, not that one. Oh. A different one. This is, let's put it in context. There was a glorious moment in the history of the United States where in 1925, after several southern states had passed laws against the teachings of evolution in school, uh, some people did go for it and taught it anyway in violation of state laws. And so... In, uh, I want to say Mississippi, I believe it was. Scopes where uh, Yeah, John Scopes. I want to say that was in Tennessee. I Tennessee? Believe, I, we're going to have to double check. I think you may be Because I could correct. be completely wrong, but I believe that's a Tennessee one right there. You may very well be correct. It was kind of a southern block. There were a bunch of southern states that had passed these laws. Right. And um, what had happened was that in the course of the trial, which, I mean, the trial was, there was a foregone conclusion there because the guy openly admitted that he had broken the law. There wasn't even an issue about whether he broke the law or not. Everybody knew it. He was guilty. But the trial itself turned into this epic battle between sort of Christian fundamentalism and more moderate version of Christianity slash a more secular culture in the U.S. So it was really a showdown between these two different faces of the United States at the trial. And what had happened too that was interesting is that the defense attorney was one of the most famous trial attorneys in the world. The, one of the prosecutors was uh, William Jennings Bryan, who had been a multiple-time presidential candidate. Representing the fine state of Tennessee. Okay, so in that, so probably was Tennessee. Dayton, Tennessee. So was this. Tennessee, yes. I had to, yeah. The, um, and one of the things that happened that was really fun is when the defense attorney decided to call Brian on the witness stand as expert witness on the Bible, saying, hey, if, you, if, we're, if the argument that we're having here is that evolution is wrong because it contradicts the Bible and the Bible is the truth, then let's talk a little bit about the Bible. And so he started asking Brian some questions that had him sweating bullets because he started asking him things that didn't just show that the guys were ignorant of science. That's fine, you know, fundamentalism. Plenty never, of that. But they were showing that they were ignorant of the very thing that supposedly they were all about, that they didn't really know their stuff about the Bible very well. So there were a few cases where, uh, well, first let's dance around with minor ones until we got to a really juicy one. <laughs> There's, uh, he was asked, Brian was asked when the flood took place. And, you know, he 
deities look up on 12,800 years ago. That's what Graham Hancock yeah, told that's me. What he said that he uh, said he was 4,273 years ago, according to from 1925. Sounds pretty good. And they go back to him and say, wait, civiliz- Chinese civilization has been tracked back to at least 7,000 years. They so. have a different calendar. <laughs> it works a little differently. It's a rotational thing of the Earth. Um, that edge of the planet actually spins twice as fast as... Then they ask him something that should be so easy. That's a that's a softball question. It's like such an easy question. I'm because it's, now. No, because they ask him, hey, you know, are there records of other religions that make mention of the flood at the time that he talks about? And there are so many things that mention the flood that this would be a slam dunk for him. But Brian managed to fuck this one up as well. And he replied, <laughs> the Christian religion has always been good enough for me. I never found it necessary to study any competing religion. That open-mindedness is what makes him so welcoming. This is where it gets greater and greater. But let's look at the real, uh, the theological question that's objectively a bit tricky, that good luck figuring a solution. So if we go back to the origin of it all, we got Adam and Eve. They have their kids. And then here is one part which the defense attorney promptly seized on to ask Brian. I'm confused about this part from Genesis because I see... Adam and Eve, uh, yeah. I see about their kids, yep, yep. and here I find a passage that talk about one of their kids going to a different town to look for a wife. Mm-hmm. What different town? The only people in the world at this time are the kids of Adam and Eve. That and, and Fayetteville was actually still around, too. They had survived. They had a bubble. A lot so of people don't know. The, yeah, the gospel of the bubble it, it fell out of a lot of Bibles. Uh, a lot of translation back in the King James days. And accidentally, that fell out. But That's, Noah and Fayetteville both survived just fine. And but the poor guy, good tractor supply company, there as well, sweating bullets because he clearly did not know what to say anymore. He's like, "Yeah, where did the damn wife come from?" You know, the only people in the world are his parents and his siblings. That's it. So there are no other towns, and they're daddy killers there anyway. No, and. And so the guy at some point started melting on the witness stand. He started saying things that weren't even making sense. Things like, I don't really think much about the things I don't think about. And he was just like, oh, God. And promptly afterwards, like within a, I forget how many days after the end of the trial, he had a heart attack and died. <laughs> so, yes, not a good moment. So the moral of the story is know your Bible. Try to find out the answers to the tricky solutions. If you're going to preach it, it's probably a wise idea to know it. So that's where you get. So if anybody can figure out where Cain's wife came from, that would be sweet. I don't think much about things I don't think about. trying to collect a reward by demonstrating that Bolelli is real and not just a legend. Dos Equis had asked him to be their spokesman. When he refused, they had to settle for the most interesting man in the world. When he drives a new car off the lot, he increases the value of the vehicle. Bums try to give him money. If he were to punch you in the face, 
you would have to fight off the strong urge to thank him. For he is Daniele Bellelli, middle finger of the gods, and the most interesting podcaster in the world. Mosquitoes refuse to bite him, out of respect. In a museum, he's allowed to touch the art. He sued Game of Thrones for plagiarizing his diary. They settled out of court. Once in the midst of the wilderness, in the deepest, darkest forest, he ran into Bigfoot. The most amazing scientific discovery of the century. But Bolelli was hungry, so he ate Bigfoot. Vastiyayana wrote the Kama Sutra after witnessing an average Tuesday night in the Bolelli household. Had he wanted to write a more complete book, he should have come back on Wednesday. After reading his books, the most interesting man in the world has been attending self-esteem-boosting seminars in an effort to work up the courage to ask Daniele Bolelli for an autograph. Daniele Bolelli, middle finger of the gods, and the most interesting podcaster in the world. And now for the random thought segment of the show. Well, when yes. you can't rant, you can randomly meander. Do that. Use Begin it. the random meanderings, everyone. We don't have a rant today to really rant on, so we're going to randomly meander. That seems perfect. Excellent. I dig it. So, a couple of ideas. One, I'm seriously disappointed with my house. I, I really just don't understand. I had, I had a serious heart-to-heart talk with my house about the importance of cleanliness and proper organizing. I showed my house graphs, statistics, demonstrating the relationship between cleanliness and health, mental and otherwise. I suggested to my house that its self-esteem may improve if only kept everything clean and beautiful. I've used every possible persuasive argument out there and yet my silly house stubbornly won't listen and keeps getting dirty and messy anyway. There's a, there's a real issue in my house in the uh, kitchen area, normally associated with dishes. Yeah, I mean, why I do put they... them away and somehow stack. Yeah, why do they do that? You know, they're just, it's not right. I don't understand is uh, why my house doesn't listen to me and in your case, why in your kitchen the dishes just don't stay put. <laughs> it's unfair. I just don't understand. Speaking of unfair, but finding ways to roll with it. Um, I had a girlfriend when I was 20, 21, something like this. Very sweet person. I'm st- I still talk to her. We get along. and um, But she would be the first to admit that she was never a person to run out of words. Let's put it that way. Ooh. She could talk. And I thought I could talk, right? I mean, I can go on and on, but she had me beat. She would just World champion. talk about like super, never mellow stuff, or super deep stuff. And what do you think about this? But what about that? And what? And after a while, I was like, Jesus, you know, it, was, it can get challenging occasionally when there's just no off button, you know, and it's on the entire time, all the time. She, by the way, is a huge... Uh, Probably if there is a Drunken Taoist podcast, we can thank Miss Shannon Seta because uh, I was this close to getting out of US. I'd been here for a year and a half, two years, something like that. I was kind of unhappy with the whole thing. And I decided, fuck it, I'm going back to Italy. Not that I had anything in Italy to look forward to. I was kind of lost. I had a bad year there for a while. 
and I just decided eh, I'll probably go back. But I enrolled for one last semester at Santa Monica College just and to there try, was. kind of like, ah, I'll just go in for a few weeks and then I'll get out. Ran into this woman because I knew that I was out any minute now. I figure I have nothing to lose. So I pursued a little more aggressively than normally I would have, throwing down my cards quicker than I would have. She decided she was into me, started a relationship. After that, I said, the U.S. is just awesome. I can't live in the U.S. is great. So thank you, Shannon. <laughs> my life has changed as a result dramatically. But the no thank you part is that, yes, she would talk. I literally remember like being in bed with her where I want to sleep after a while. It's like everything that could possibly be said and done has been done can we sleep for like now? all of life like, when you, 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 how many topics can there be and it's like midnight 1am and it's like and I'm just like oh fuck no 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 <laughs> and here is what would happen since there really was no way to say let's put an end to it and start back tomorrow morning more than once I fell asleep while she would talk, which I normally couldn't, I've never done that on anybody, right? It's like, Did I, she I take usually have, to that? No, this is where it gets interesting. I've developed a peculiar ability as a result to be able to speak while asleep, carry on the conversation. Really? Yes. And this is a dramatic moment in this situation was this. Mm -hmm. When all of a sudden I hear, oh my God, that's a great point. I never thought about it that way. Can you please elaborate a little? And suddenly I'm awake and I have no idea what I just said. You know, I have no clue what was the great point that I just made. So I had to, I can't just say, oh, by the way, I was sleeping and just talking to you in my sleep. So sorry, but I don't know. So I kind of bullshitted my way in some strange way to get her to repeat a little bit to me what, where we were at. So... My ability to bullshit was uh, greatly improved thanks to this conversation. Holy smoke. Any idea what the, what the incredible idea was? No, I don't remember. But uh, And uh, that came in very handy once when I did a podcast with David Seaman. And uh, I was like, he gave me some weed. And normally weed has very minor impact on me. But I took a hit and I don't know what it was, if it was the time of day, empty stomach or what. But I was out of my mind. And I remember him talking and I could hear his voice, you know, when you hear the cadence, like the sentence is about to end that he's going to turn the microphone to me. That's how I run it. And I had no clue what we were talking about. So it was, I fumbled my way through it and somehow kept on as if I was perfectly in the conversation. But, I'm with you fellas. But yes, that was, uh, those were glorious moments <laughs> in history. Yes. <laughs> when it's, it's horrible when suddenly you wake up and you're like, oh shit. Where were we? I have no clue anymore. So, yes, that was that. So I feel it's time I must share my, my freaky, freaky David Bowie story from last week. Um, Gretchen and I were up way too late. The new David Bowie record came out about a week ago now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of stayed up through the night listening first to that record and then working mm -hmm. our way back through favorites and... Her parents listened back in the 70s, oh, so wow. she even had, like, a deeper knowledge than I did. I always knew, like, from the 80s stuff on. Right. We could and, be and, heroes. Yeah, and knew like, the hits as well, yeah. but she really knew some great, like, album cuts. So Minor, we'd spent the night, yeah. and he did this new video called Black Star that is uh -huh. freaky as shit. He's got his head wrapped in bandages, and his eyes are, like, black oh, buttons, Jesus. and he's all, you know, he took it all the way to the end. 
And I've been joking for about three weeks since that came out that I'm the black star because he's literally talking yeah. like that. And I've been goofing with that. Well, we got to, you know, middle of the night, three, four in the morning, and we were talking about a tattoo of a black star. Mm hmm. And I said, well, the problem with me is I'm Pfizer because I've had exactly one, and it was a fraternity symbol, and I don't really like it much at all. Yep. And they fucking hurt. Oh. Um, yep. So I drew this on my arm and said, you know, if I was really going to get a tattoo, I would have to analyze it to death. And should it be a seven-point star? How many stars? <laughs> you don't see what size exactly. You know, should it? Right. And I'm like, but this one would just be perfect. You know? David Bowie's Black Star. And at that moment, it just became the mission that... By God, right. This one, right now, as soon as we can do it, let's go. And Gretchen was like, "Cool, what am I getting?" So then we figured out, and she actually got a Taurus constellation uh -huh. on her wrist, opposite mine. So here we go. It's a regular Sunday, you know. Tattoo shops open up early on Sunday, yeah. not so. But at eleven o'clock, let us in, let us in. And fucking, we went in, and we did it. This is actually my second tattoo ever. To honor my pal David Bowie. And you killed, was he dead before or after? Six hours later, I'm sitting on the computer and I think Gretchen is fucking with me, sending me tweets, Bowie is dead. Wow, you killed David Bowie. I don't think I killed him. He was rich. I certainly hope not. He was rich. I mean, there is the Glenn Fry Eagles tattoo I got a few weeks ago in the, in the Grizzly Adams and, in, you know, the Revenant tattoo. In wow. The, I don't think I killed him. They did it to honor the man. Killed, he was sick. You killed David Bowie. What about the 18 months he had cancer? Does that count for anything? No, it doesn't. It's you got in a tattoo that did it. <sighs> See, that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, you should. I'm surprised you don't feel you're not crushed by guilt. I was crushed by guilt. I do feel I might have a monicum of responsibility on this. Why are you out of the house and not sitting under I, your actually, bed crying? I, should, I, well, I, be, a, I think I should be hiding. Hugging a do. bottle of Jack Daniels. Wait till the word gets out. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it cool tattoo. It definitely freaked us out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm worried about the, the poor chap that was the tattoo artist. He, yeah. Maybe it's him. Maybe he's the one with the power. Go, ch go check up on him. Let's see. Speak to him real quick. Veteran. PTSD. Two tours of Iraq, fucked him up, and the government does nothing to help him. Is that him, the guy who did your yeah. tattoo? Gotcha. Because he was a bit of a rickety dude and was the first, like, well, nobody needs $80 more than this guy. Right. So, and it was all clean, and he unwrapped all the shit, and everything was plasticed up, so that I'm not worried about. Cool. But it just made me so fucking angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That these guys, that's one of the embarrassments, but nothing new to the world. Uh-oh, it's turning into a rant. Nothing new to the world. I mean, there's been the veterans have been treated wrong uh -huh. all the way back to the to the Revolutionary War, sure. and I'm sure every king before that lied mm -hmm. to all the men he sent out to battle. There'll be riches galore when you return. Absolutely. There's a friend of mine, Mackie Coleman, is working on the. Um, he's trying really hard to kind of put his energy into that direction on trying to figure out ways to at least legal not legalize for everybody per se but at least legalize for medical reasons some of the substances that have been used with a fair degree of success from mdma to mushrooms for medical purposes there's no doubt to it helps treat, these guys reset to themselves. treat ptsd right yeah. so it's um see where it goes Anyway, that's enough of that. That's my crazy, freaky, freaky David Bowie tattoo, and I got a great story for my tattoo forever. Yeah, so. exactly. I'll, uh, Watch out, Dick Cheney. I'm doing you next. <laughs> I'll tell you uh, another crazy tale. This I bear, I vaguely mentioned it on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, but just to go a little deeper, this was kind of bizarre. 
I'm coming home to my house. It's late at night after a class. Uh, some of my classes end up really freaking late. So by the time I'm back at home, it's pretty late into the night. Pitch black, go through my gate. It's about 11 p.m. or something, make my way through. As I'm walking my way toward my front door, suddenly I hear some kind of something just growling 20 feet away from me. In the corridor of the door or like off of the on bushes? The, on or? the side it, in the bushes, okay. right? But it's pretty close. It's right there. It's just so dark that I can see it, but yeah. it's right there. It's right next to me. And at that point, I hear a, even a different growl, a second growl that's much louder, much scarier. Mama. The growl of just a primordial angry beast, the growl that say, how dare you growl at me, you puny son of a bitch I'll bite into your flesh and devour you and all of your relatives might that's, have been your house mad about those talks about cleaning it up maybe that's what it was but you know at that point I heard animal number one that I growled first decide oh shit that's the sound it makes it's like I did not sign up for this so decide to run for its life just <laughs> going <laughs> just scurrying away and that's where I realized that the second growl had come from me Oh. that I had just <laughs> let out this primordial beast growl at whatever poor beast was growling at me, which is kind of funny how, you know, the conscious brain was completely bypassed by this whole interaction. Like, suddenly I was growling like an animal without even knowing that I was doing it, but it just came out of me. It's just pretty wild I totally believe it well I've seen studies where actually what you receive is your decision making right. is just sort of like some advice of how it went right long after, after. the fact yeah well you, this was definitely the case there was no I didn't decide <laughs> oh I'm gonna growl back at this thing you know it's like and even funnier was seeing the glorious artist who watches those of our all and does our t-shirts Miss Savannah M looking at me just seeing me coming down after hearing me growling in the garden in the middle of the night did she kind of like it just she was kind of like what the fuck oh, <laughs> you know sorry. she was no, not, not she positive had, no she had a moment where it was like you're not coming in here i'm yeah. changing the locks yeah it was pretty funny but yeah that was my response it was completely just i think the poor growl number one my guess is that it was a poor raccoon or something because anything scary you know a mountain lion is not gonna growl at you like that they're gonna bite in your neck and that's it you know it's like a coyote doesn't really growl like that they do other stuff and there are a lot of coyotes around me but that i don't think that's and what usually it was. pretty skittish yeah, Unless I, it's rabid. I think maybe it was a freaking raccoon who wanted to tell me how tough he is and, you know, hey, you don't want to mess with me kind of thing. That's my guess. Either way, whatever it was got scared and ran away. So my primordial beast growling worked out. I have a friend of mine who, um, he's a German cat, and he would have interns come over and, mm -hmm. you know, put six months in. And they had a house in Culver City. And I was working upstairs. We had edit suites upstairs and then just the camera shit downstairs. And uh, these guys were out back just minding their own business. And I hear, Ay -ay! you know, they're like 19, 20 yeah. years old. And they're like, there's a creature, a creature, oh, my God. And so <laughs> I come downstairs and see what the fuck's going on. And they've cornered a possum. Oh, yeah. But they've never seen anything like this oh, before. Yeah, they're, nasty. they're like, this is. Yeah, they're nasty. That was hilarious. Yeah. Possums are, they don't fuck around, that's for sure. And there's no shortage of skunks around this area either. I'm down here where I walk back to the house and there's like, the fence is like, maybe 
two feet from my face and uh, all of a sudden I see a possum like oh, right there yeah. and I'm just like, what the fuck? It's exactly where it was. He's along yeah. the fence line and it actually ended up being mama again. So they're like four little ones yeah, that were slowly yeah, yeah. making their way and she was just holding holding the attention of everybody till they got. Possum are nasty, but I have to say I once saw a possum get hit by the car and survive. And so I kind of stopped next to it and there was this possum just spitting up blood everywhere and it was just like oh i felt really really bad for the poor creature even though when i look at them i'm like jesus why do you even exist you're nasty you're weird you're at the same time it's like you're a bunch of skin and bones like everybody else yeah, trying to they fit their little niche doing exactly. their thing he was not pretty there's not too many creatures i hate i know there's a lot of people like hate spiders or hate snakes or things like no, that those i'm okay with i what do i hate i have a personal hatred of pigeons i oh, don't know why yeah. Well, I grew up around a lot. There's a ton of them in Milan, and I hit them with a passion. They are kind of dirty, weird, and bring diseases and stuff. So I'm not a big fan. But still, I give that there's a mildly irrational aspect to my hatred of pigeons. What else is there? Pigeons, not a big fan of rats, definitely. No, I don't like rats either. No, rats don't cut it for me. We had a couple of pet rats along the way, and I just, yeah, oh, I hated uh, that. No, 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 not a fan. And then, of course, the random cockroaches and things, also not a big fan. But I think that takes care of it. Those are most of the ones I dislike. It's not a terrible list. Yeah. No, I think it's an awesome little planet we here have here, and we should yeah. embrace all of them. They were lucky enough to make it this far. Indeed. Waiting for Graham Hancock's comet to come wipe us out. Ah, on that happy note. There we go. Let's go on. Isabella moment. Here we go. No, no, you're doing great. Is this go with the picture that I just saw? Yeah, well, let's do that then. I, that's not what Sorry, I was Sorry, but I sidetracked everything, but that's no, no, completely but, hilarious and completely awesome. By all means, yeah. Isabella received <laughs> as um, uh, one of her new favorite things are Conan the Barbarian comic books. So she started reading a comic book entitled The Savage Sword of Conan and decided that it was a good idea to start practicing her penmanship accordingly. So she took some sentences from the Savage uh, Sword of Conan and started writing them down. So in her six-year-old handwriting, there's this quote that I probably posted on my fridge that said, Lead me into a trap, and I'll pile the heads of your kinsmen at your feet. Hide from me, and I'll tear apart the mountains to find you. I'll follow you to hell. So, yes, was there a special that's... little note in red at the bottom? Oh, Mr. Bilali, could we please have a comment? Your daughter is definitely the favorite of all the children, but you're scaring the, the faculty with the... You know, surprisingly enough, it hasn't happened yet. Like, I haven't well, had any she's complaints. she's got a great teacher that's going to be uh, cool with all this and like yeah. it. And at least Daddy shows some fucking interest. That's got to be a big award. For yeah, I don't think she shares so much of this side of her on a daily basis at school. So that may be just that they haven't quite figured out who they are dealing with. But no, so far they're all like, no, she's sweet. She's nice. And I mean, yeah, she is. But there's also, so it's fairly hilarious to see the whole... Uh, uh, yeah, the writing from Conan was brilliant. 
speaking of kids she had an interesting moment playing with a kid who was you know tiny this kid was about 18 months old just barely walking around doing the things that a tiny toddler may be doing and after playing with this kid for an hour or so she just ran up to me she grabbed my hand and said now i understand what babies are like i'm so sorry for everything i put you through when i was a baby (laughs) You are a real man. I love you. I love you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So That's, she had her Armenian friend who was in his 90s last week. Yeah. So she's getting everybody covered. Yeah, but I think she was. it was easier with the 90-year-old than uh, with the little kid. The little kid, she was like, she was having fun, but at the same time was like, Jesus, it's such a pain. Yeah, it's a lot of action. And, uh, but it was funny that she quickly realized, man, probably I did some of this stuff to him. Oh, God. So sorry. So sorry. <laughs> That was brilliant. We watch a um, little bit of UFC together again under parenting that right 101. So, and uh, upon watching some of the UFC fighters walking up to the cage, you know, it was me, Savannah, Isabelle, I think there was somebody else who were watching the fights. Everybody's quiet, just watching the walk up to the cage. And Isabella goes, Come on, take your shirt off so we can see if you are a real man. I was dying laughing. I thought he was the funniest thing in the world. And when they promptly uh, 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 submitted to a request, was she happy with that? Too? Well, that was interesting because she had their own... In- like, there was this one dude, uh, Yol Romero. I don't know if you've seen him fight. He's ter- clearly... I mean, I don't want to assume about steroids, but let's just say he looks like... Even the- his muscles have muscles? Yeah, it looks a little bit beyond what seems... As Rogan would say, Mexican supplements may be playing a role here because it just does not look like the most natural thing in the world. But regardless, the dude is ripped, right? And uh, I thought, so Isabella, is, is this a real man? And she was like, no, not this guy. And uh, she saw, so there was a quality where you need to have muscles. But you can't be going overboard. But you also need to have a certain personality to it to feed the real man. Just because you have big muscles doesn't qualify you. But of course, that's a sine qua non. You cannot not have big muscles. You need to have the muscles plus something else. You but, should be in shape, man. This one seems to be forming quite nicely for you. Yeah, that was great. Take your shirt off so we can see if you're a real man. Great stuff. Well, there's no question that the daughters are a fantastic thing, even when they're a long way away at school. I know. You're still crying from, how long has it been now? A year and a half? Two years and a half? She's, she's in Three juniors. Years. Three years? Yeah. This is the third, so two and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. And she actually popped in for a week because, you know, they had that last week in January. So we had Christmas and that. And it's fantastic. That's cool. Is she coming back afterwards? No, she'll be on her way, I'm sure. Where? Like when she's done with school altogether? Yeah. Who knows? That's the awesome thing. She's still figuring it out. That's an interesting question right there. I, she's Well, she's going to leave with a philosophy degree, and I do hit her with the Bruce Lee every time I see her. Of course. Because you can't not do that. But she's going to take You want to quote for people who may be missing your oh, reference? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> so I can have deep thoughts about being unemployed. Exactly. That's what it was. Yeah, that was glorious. Hilarious. Brilliant line. Don't you um, She's... You know, got great grades and coming out of school, haven't done it in three and a half years, and she wants to go to Berkeley and get her teaching degree. So no reason not to do that. That works. Then she can have really deep thoughts with college kids about being barely employed. Exactly. <laughs> I have a dream today. And now we cross the Ethereum for a visit into Bellelli's dream time. 
Dreamtime, everybody! Another wacky tale from somewhere in the ethereal plane of Mr. Bonelli's sleeping mind. Yeah, this was trippy. I'm in my house in the dream. Other people are... It's not a party, but there are a few people hanging out. And people that should be there? Or people that should be there, it's okay. fine. They are good people. And for some odd reason, I have chickens in my backyard, which I do not have, but they are there roaming around in the yard. Cheap eggs. And the, yeah, that's nice. In fact, I'm not opposed, except that chickens freak me out. They look like... I would, Velociraptors. Yeah, they look nasty and weird, and I don't want to touch them, all those feathers and fluttering stuff. That's going to be a problem. Dealing with chicken. Yeah, I think that would be <laughs> problematic. So that's why. But yeah, I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. But the, um, they are roaming around in the yard. And all of a sudden, five different tigers jump over the fence and start chasing my chicken, trying to eat them all. Like, oh, shit. So me and my guests quickly retire inside the house, shutting like down chickens. the door. And that's when I noticed that somebody had removed the lock from the door, so I can't really lock it. Mm. And there's one giant tiger who's trying to break through the door. So we're all kind of pushing, trying to keep the door closed against this mountain of a tiger that's just jumping against the door, trying to move it. And, uh, you know, I see other people were in my garden, and they all run in different escape and all of that. And we're all trying to, you know, push the door, keeping the closed. And, you know, I can see, because uh, the door is, uh, I don't know why, there's like transparency through it. So I can kind of see the Some people the call body. this glass. Yeah, well, but glass would, uh, I forgot what it was. Super tiger-resistant glass. Yeah, super it's tiger something about, dream glass. yeah, exactly. Because otherwise glass wouldn't, would shatter immediately, of I course. I think the Revenant may have issued a... This was before the Revenant. Oh, okay. This is from a little <laughs> bit before. But yeah, it's freaky to see this, how big and intense the tiger is. And I think, Damn it, why didn't I learn more about getting, using my shotgun or learning how to... And I'm just kind of pissed off trying to push the door in, and that's when I wake up. So Wow. Yeah, that was a little intense. Do you see where they're going to build a bridge over the 101 mm -hmm. so the mountain lions can get back to the bigger range? There's more and more. I've seen a, a year of lots of mountain lions lately. That um, we're the only um, we're the only big city in the world that has a major predator inside its confines. Really? Yeah, sort of amazing that. They, but it's perfect for them too. The way the mountains just oh yeah sprout through the no, city. No, they are no, we're, we're not going to do anything with that except. I've seen hikers. one. Uh, I seen a video of uh, a big freaking mountain lion who was just hopping around in a fence in somebody's swimming pool sure. in Glendale, which is right around where I live. That was crazy. And then they have the big one. I don't know if you saw the photo of the big mountain lion under the Hollywood sign. Yeah. That was That huge. lucky picture on that the yeah. trigger cam that they got. That was huge. Yeah, they had a whole bunch. They had like the whole collection of the best of those. And people see them everywhere. Anyway, I think it's amazing that they still exist with us. And mm -hmm. we should do everything we can. But this will open it up so that they can breed with all these northern right. cluster. Because they're kind of only like 40-something of them. Yeah, yeah. There's only so and many. It's getting and, a little. Uh, at Griffith Park, some mountain lion ate a lady a few years ago. Maybe I was like... Did he eat her or did she die and then he ate her? I don't know. I didn't ask the technical question. But yeah, oh, I don't it know. Was, oh, no, he killed her. Okay. He was, uh, she was hiking and this mom... You know, hiking at dusk, not the greatest idea um, in mountain lion country. And this mountain lion just pounced and ate her. So. That's what they do. There's actually a great collection. I just saw a couple of days ago, cats attacking toddlers. Hysterical. I mean, they are ready to go because they are full puma oh, yeah, up yeah, in yeah. that corner. A little baby, bang! Yep. 
So we're not, you're not fooling us, cats. We all know if we were about 12 inches tall, oh, we who would be running the party? <laughs> yep, indeed. Time, everybody, brought to you by our friends at Sure Design T-shirts. With once again, fingers crossed to our pal Bennett. Hope you get feeling better, buddy. Um, let me make a quick mention that I have right here in my hand the brand new season four Drunken Dallas shirts. Incredible, titty sucking, wine licking, Ikiru himself in person, and not a bad booty, if I might ask. Indeed, and- that's the yeah. It came out really damn good. I wasn't so sure about green. I never wanted a green shirt in my life. It came out awesome. It's funny, I got a gold shirt yesterday, like tannish gold. I've never wore that color either. Serious? A rainbow's coming out, Valeli. Look out. I was planning on, you know, slowly moving away from the shirts that people can't wear at work or can't. I think it's, this is probably the most extreme we have done so far, but I love it. It's brilliant, and I think it's an excellent test. I think is you should wear it to work, and if you can't, that means it's the wrong job for you. Absolutely, you need to get a new job. So it's uh, it's actually perfect. <laughs> it's it's a test uh, for everyone. Yeah, it's like a litmus test to figure out if you're in the right career or not. What is great is that you won't waste it with work. This is a shirt you're going to save and, and and take out to cool place you might go a nice concert you've been looking forward to something like that. Yeah, people will stare. That's for sure. I know we have story time, but. Crazy story, Planet Nine may have been discovered. Did you read about that? More planets popping up? Not popping up, just way far out there, far enough where its orbit could be ten to 20,000 years. I mean, just barely right. still connected to the sun. But um, they haven't found it yet. They kind of know where to look, but they discovered it by the perturbments of the orbits of other things around it. Huh. That Why are these things doing that? There must be something there. And it's uh, exactly how they found Neptune wow. 80 years ago. So, so our one coming happy up. solar system continues to expand. We can go out and party at the ice world sometime in the near future. Yeah, that's where your fictional stories about interstellar travel take place. Well, you know, you wouldn't want to come all the way into the sun. Yeah, that just, would be. Just hit the exit, man. You don't yeah. want to come into downtown. It's fucking weird down there. Plus, the thing is probably all ice as well. So don't need to come steal Earth's water, aliens. We got plenty out there in the Oort cloud. Enjoy and be on your fucking way. There's other you don't stuff. Fuck with us. Most definitely. The, um, <laughs> since before we go into actual story of story time, one that we had mentioned in the past, you know, the U-Glass story early on, that's what The Revenant, which is probably going to win 72,000 Academy Awards Have now. Yet? Yeah, I watched it. Do you like it? I, I liked it. It was a good movie. That's what Maybe a hair long? More than a hair long, my main problem, I think cinematography is A+. Oh, beyond. You know, The Revenant is super good cinematography. And I went to the theater, so in the big theater yeah. with all the sound and the ice dripping and the crunching in the snow and that first shot that goes. It's amazing. They're, they're, he's a genius, without question. My minor complaint is I would give a solid B to the screenwriting, but no more than that, because uh, my main issue is this. They give us nothing to make us like this guy other than saying he's the main character, you're supposed to like him. You know, there's no background to him. There's no, until all the drama kicks in and you have to sympathize with him because he's the poor guy trying to survive, they really haven't given you a single reason why you should root for this guy. 
to me, if I are gonna make me want to care about a character for two hours, give me something to make me care about it. Give me something to make me wanna relate. If you give me absolutely zero with the idea, it's like, look, Leonardo DiCaprio is the star of the show. You should sympathize with him. That water looks cold. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a easy way out. But that's me bitching, because overall, I think the movie is brilliant. I mean, compared to the quality of most movies I've yeah. seen in oh. the last few years, is head and shoulders above most of them. Um, I think it could screenwriting wise they could have done a better job, but no, I hear, you, I hear you loud and clear. And I think they made an attempt at that and to not go into spoiler land. There is the the wife and son thing that they do yeah, attempt to, but, and it almost felt like they didn't want to go too gladiator. Yeah, because it would almost be a match if you did that. So they well, fuck it, we'll just introduce it. And As also, the they introduce it kind of late. Yeah, really so late. So they should give me something before the crisis moment happens to make me like the guy. And then it's even more meaningful because you're already invested in him. And I couldn't... But, I, I thought with the son, mm-hmm. he looked 100% Indian. Did he just adopt that baby? No, it's supposed to be. Well, that's genetics are weird in the sense no, that... No, no, and I agree. That does happen where he could come out looking fully yeah, native. Yeah, exactly. There but are it people, just felt like he should have some blue eyes or something to tell us, you know. Yeah, there are people from the same families that you see. And one guy is like 100% Indian, could not look anymore. And the other guy is blonde and blue-eyed. And you're like, how is it even possible? And it's not that the mailman has something to do with it. It's yeah, that yeah. it's literally genetics are bizarre that way. It didn't even bother me. It's just something I sort of thought about through it. And yeah. it was a question that sort of cropped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, his actions prove that it mattered a fuck not to him. Mm-hmm. This was, sure. No, but it's supposed to be his kid. Yeah. It's supposed to. But enough dilly-dallying. Yeah. Let's get into the heart of story time for this time. Japan is one of those countries that provide us with never-ending weirdness and wild tales. Is so, this weirder than tentacle porn? This, oh, my God. I saw somebody sent me a YouTube thing, and I was like, why the hell did you send me this thing? There was this, it looked like a dating show. Cute Japanese girl, a nice oh, Japanese guy, wait, they I, meet. Maybe they I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. And, uh, <laughs> and the dude just stay there while she throws up on his face multiple times. Like, not by accident. Like, that's part of the turn on for him. And I was like, oh, God, why did I see this? But that's not what we're going to be talking about for story time this time. There's no, there's no uh, flying throw up involved in this story. Um, it's it's going to reach a point where it's too far and it's just going to rip society open and that'll be that. But there's speaking of ripping open and uh, strange Japanese stuff, <laughs> let's go into this tale. So now this tale, there's an extremely high likelihood that a, the juicier part of these tales are made up, that they are legend, that, you know, the, the sources seem kind of thin for this stuff. Like <laughs> there's some truth to it. Let's, so let's divide up the historical truth from the probable fantasy of it all. Historical truth involves one of the greatest Japanese warlords of all of Japanese history, Oda Nobunaga who in the late 1500s was emerging as the most powerful warlord in Japan. As he was moving on to unifying Japan under his rule, defeating rival after rival, one of his main rivals was a guy by the name of Uesugi Kenshin. Kenshin was super famous, popular. His followers believe he was an incarnation of the god of war. He had beat all sorts of enemies. And one time when Nobunaga was seemed undefeatable, faced off with Kenshin, Kenshin had beat Nobunaga's forces on the battlefield. So what's good on a, on a Nobunaga to do? 
he's figuring out if I can beat you on the battlefield, maybe I can assassinate you instead. With the magical eagle claw! Well, tear his heart out of his- yeah, that's the part where it gets tricky. Yes. So the story goes the, where it may veer into legend is Nobunaga hires four ninjas to go after uh, his enemy. The head of this small ninja group is a man by the name of Ukifune Kenpachi, who's in charge of sneaking into Kenshin Castle, finding him and killing him. They do that, they manage to hide in the rooftop, killing some of the guards with poison blow darts. Seem like they can do it, but eventually some other guards pop up and are able to kill them. So the four ninjas fail miserably in their mission. Nobunaga is like, damn, Kenshin survived, I still want him out of the way, what can I do? Well, worry not, my dear, because <laughs> apparently Ukifune Kenpachi, the leader of the previous uh, ninja group, had a brother, Ukifune Jinnai. Want to hear what's fun about this dude? Start with the fact that he was three foot tall. So here we have a three foot tall ninja dwarf who's supposed to be amazing, who swims across the moth and hides under the castle. Dressed as a boy scout. Not quite, but close. Goes into the outhouse. It's not really an outhouse. It's actually an in-house, but it's basically a hole in the castle floor where people would just squat to, because there weren't exactly any toilets or anything. He hides under there, wait for Kenshin to show up to do his business. So as he's there... When this famous, you know, the incarnation of the god of war is squatting there on his toy. I just his... a big fiery meteor to come out. Well, here, oh! here we have a three foot tall ninja dwarf <laughs> who uses a periscope spear to shove it up his ass with such force that he pokes straight through the guy's mouth. Awesome. He, and then at that point when his servants hear the... Uh, Kill that sound of tension. I wonder if it was like a few minutes though that they just thought he was working something out of her. <laughs> <Maybe>, right? Oh! <laughs> they Leave can't. him alone. That's the God of War in there. You do not want to go in the God of War stall when he's in process. <laughs> oh! <laughs> they go in and can't find him. He's like, where is that guy? You know, he's nowhere to be found because he has took a dive under the mountain of shit that was under there. He's breathing through a tube. Oh. So that the guards can find him and he eventually swim his way outside of it all and get out. Now, what's the truth about this? I'm it's, buying it all. I agree. Hook, I, line, and sinker. I agree completely. Angry dwarf brother, do not fuck with those guys. Ninja. Angry ninja, dwarf. ninja dwarf. With periscope spear. <laughs> hiding in shit. And an incredible <laughs> sense of non-smell. This is just genius. But so we know that this dude died on uh, died on the toilet. Again, I say toilet even though there was no toilet. It's a hole in the ground. They, but... should, have, they should have done Tyrion Lannister this way. I know exactly. That would have been glad. That's hey, father. Chuck. <laughs> that would have been genius. I think the Game of Thrones guy would have greatly benefited from this. It really made Game of Thrones have sort of a new name to the title and the meaning of the title after that, for sure. That's genius. But yeah, we do know that this guy. So they put people probably put two and two together. It's like they are rivals. They can't kill him in battle. The guy die on a toilet. How can we spice this up a little? I love it. I don't think they spice it at all. I think that's exactly how it went down. And that's the way I'm telling it. I like it. That's going to be my approach as well. You know, the same thing happened to Elvis. 
He got stopped by an angry, an angry, angry ninja, ninja dwarf in the toilet because he was actually impacted because of too many pills. So it? that's what happened, huh? That's what I hear. Don't get on the wrong side of angry ninja dwarfs. No, help us decide. Don't be cruel. Oh! <laughs> All right, it's time to reach deep inside the uh, the old mailbag and see what's inside today. A quick thought, and um, I stumbled across, because last show we did, mm-hmm. there was a question about what to do with my life sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And popped up on the internet just a couple days ago is a letter that Hunter S. Thompson wrote to a friend of his when they were both in their early 20s hmm. about that very topic. So I would like to email it to you so you could add it to the... Show notes, what or maybe that? we'll read it next time. Yeah, yeah, let's read it on the air next. That's time. That's probably even That's better. It's pretty fascinating. So we we'll give you the teaser this time. There just you go. You know it will be coming up. All right, this time, what do we have hiding for us? So we have Aaron, who doesn't fuck around and give us a question that's as real and meaningful as it gets. Basically, long story short, he writes he has been diagnosed with ALS which is not exactly the Jesus. most enjoyable diagnosis you can ever get. And here I quote from his email. He said, I'd like to request a segment on how to prepare myself for the journey I'm about to take, what I might do to ease my fear, what might be on the other side. I've never read much on the Taoist belief on that specifically, but the idea that I'm eternal has always given me comfort. Thank you for your consideration, devoted listener, Aaron. Well, let's be real then. Let's play it. So the reality is obviously, and you know, you know it, I know it, everybody gets it. Nobody knows. You know, we don't know. And nobody's reporting back. No. What I do feel like, because again, we're talking about feelings here. We're not talking about knowledge per se. What I do feel like it is that despite my anti-organized religion tendencies in a lot of ways, I do not endorse the strict materialist view that we are just meat and when the body ends, everything ends. There have been multiple experiences that in minor ways have suggested to me that there's something there beside the material level. What is there? I don't know. But if you ask me, take a bet, do you believe that it you know, it's lights out when it's over, it's over and there's nothing else, so there's something else that continues afterwards? I would very much think that we are on a, there's something that continues afterwards. Now, what that something means, it's a whole different story. I don't know. I don't even know what a soul means. Like, let's say, okay, the body dies, but there's this eternal soul that survives. What's a soul? You know, I don't know what we're talking about because without memory, without your body, without, you know, those are the things that normally our identity is based on. So if we remove those from the picture, but we still say that there's something left, what is that thing that's left? I always thought that spark is the thing that looks through your eyes. That's that, the most simple way I could ever express yeah, it. And in that sense, there is something that interests me because to me, with kids especially, you see it where there's a personality there from day one. Long existing. There's, or the children that you meet and that, that is an old soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no question about exactly. it. Exactly. Whereas like this one is not just a blank slate that is being created by the influence of the parents. No. Uh, I mean, that helps and it plays a big role, but there's something there from day one. So... To me, and again, I think I mentioned it a few times, experiences I've had that make me think that there's other sides to it, that there's more to the story. I mean, hell, even the the story about 
my wife dying and smiling six hours after death. Yeah. That was fucking weird. The you know? craziness and, of the whales all congregating by the cove my grandmother and I visited right before she went. Yeah, there are those experiences that are those moments when the universe is knocking on the door and telling you I'm here here is a quick reminder that there's more to the story yeah you're never gonna know what the whole story is but there's more to it so did, did I ever tell you about when, my, when, when we went to scatter my father's ashes well tell me I think you did but insane well I'll make it quick if I've bored you guys with it before but it was an amazing thing where we were coming down the coast back when it would rain in the winter yeah, this yeah. 15 years ago and as we got closer and closer to where we scattered his ashes, not only did the clouds stop raining, but it parted, mm -hmm. hit a double rainbow over the mountains behind us as we did the scattering, and then closed back up and rained for three more days. Yep. There's no bullshit. It totally happened. And never have I felt more of just that wink of the eye. That yeah, there are those moments of cosmic connection where you feel that you're part of something bigger and it's uh, so... Well, how would any of us survive teenage years if it wasn't <laughs> something, you know, the guards Guide were up along, on the bowling yeah. alley so right. you didn't fall, in, you know, just... Yeah, there's something to that in that regard. And to me, the way... So if we're talking about easing fear, um, fear is obviously natural because, I mean, clearly... Every single one of us is going to leave everything, you know, not only everything we have, not only everybody we love, but even our own, you know, all the stuff that we base our own identity on, our body, our memory, our experience in the year and now. Again, just because something survived does not mean that this process is not scary, you know. So I completely get, you know, to me, the fear is real. I understand why. And there's no easy way to just say, well, it's uh, imaginary fear. Just get over it. No, this is very real. You know, it's obviously very real. At the same time, I think it's um, A, putting the accent on all those experiences that are reminding you that the universe is much weirder than it may seem at first. So that there very well may be a dimension after death as we know it, you know, after the end of our bodies. That's an important one, because it's certain, I mean, he himself in the email said that kind of, that thought gives him comfort. And I don't think he's a delusional bullshit thought. I think there's a very it's legitimate a big argument. universe that's been stretching out for billions yeah. and billions of years. There's lots of space. There's lots of, in fact, you're right, the meat body dies away. But that energy, that energy leaves marks of its own. Like just even quantum physics shows us that there are markers uh -huh. and harbingers that just the passing of time through it Graham generates. Hancock, uh, yeah, Graham Hancock had a good one on that. He's arguing that essentially the belief that when the body dies, everything ends is as much faith-based as anything else because it's not based on solid evidence. So yeah. it's really just uh, how you want to feel about it. You know, Without lack of evidence, there's not any more... Uh, reality to one position than another and the other thing to me is uh, all the um, kind of all those movies books songs everything that basically conveys that defiant attitude in the face of death in the face of defeat those to me are excellent fuel to the fire um and it doesn't have to be, I mean, take a movie, many people would see it as sort of silly entertainment and nothing more. Take a movie like 300, you know, where to me, the it's historical, not really. 
it's a big comic book, sure, it's all of that. But at the same time, once you move beyond sort of the superficial, silly aspect of it all, there's a very deep one. I mean, to me, there's a very major meditation upon death in 300. This idea of just going in and facing death with un- complete defiance, with undefeated spirit, with just going forward despite the fact that you know that there's no way out that's beautiful right there and repeated all through history absolutely today is a good day to die my brother and exactly things like that. over and over again so to me is loading up on those type of things help I because you, you see example okay. after example after example of people who have done it and again whether it's in music whether it's in movies uh, Last Samurai was pretty good, despite Tom Cruise, which I'm not a huge fan of. He, he was a good it. actor. He brings it. <laughs> He's a good actor. There's no argument there. And uh, screenwriting was great. So, I mean, all of those things is like, to me, are key to the help when you are kind of being pulled on one side by fear, on the other side by hope. Those are the kind of stimuli that one should uh, consume daily. I tell you, to, without question, I, would, I couldn't recommend enough did you ever listen to duncan's mother's final podcast he did with her yeah 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 Yeah. that's gonna help you my friend she was days away and had incredible things to say and she was really kind of welcoming it at that point and talked a lot about something she called the holding Mm -hmm. and she was returning to the holding and yeah, he I did. can't imagine something. You know, you can easily hunt that down on his website. It's yeah, an he amazing did episode. Two episodes of the Duncan Trussell Family Hour with his mom. One, she was already sick, but she was in better conditions. And then one, really kind of days away from the end. Yeah, uh, powerful, powerful stuff. Definitely, I can't imagine it's not going to help you. But I mean, what else can we do? Yeah, no, that's the. But yeah, check it out. The Duncan episode with his mom was definitely a really powerful one for sure. And in a lot of ways, it sucks that this is the um, that these are the cards you have been given. That this is what you got to deal with now. At the same time, this is what everybody will have to deal with in one way or another. There's really no exception to this story. So every single one of us deals with it at some point. Uh, in some cases, more consciously than others. In some cases, with better results than others. But the reality is that every single person on earth on earth deals with this story and he's got the gift that at least he's got a moment where he can kind of wrap things up with folks sure i mean a lot of us are gonna catch a tanker truck at the 405 and that's gonna be it you know (laughs) right and just to have that moment i know when my father passed it was about 20 hours from my arrival to when he was gone Mm -hmm. but we had 15 of those hours where we really had to talk and and, you know fix things that were broken not that there were a lot but sure you know, help everybody get on their way. So I guess you got to take that as a bit of a gift. Yep. A really heavy one. Yeah, no, because, I mean, of course, it, it sucks. And, again, there's no argument about that fact. But, yeah. again, it doesn't suck in a way that is, like, it's so dramatically different from the cards that everyone will play yeah. at one point or another, plays on a daily basis, because there are shit, just the time we have been doing the show. Thousands I can't even people. tell you how many people, yeah. not how many people out there, how many people who are podcast listeners who bother then to let me know either family members of people who have died or people who have gone through major things, a ton of them. The reality is happens to every single person. That's just the game. That's just the game. Yeah.
Friday. Well, the funky music means that's the end of yet another fine Drunken Toss episode. 82 is in the books. You know, something I forgot about uh, when we were uh, in Father Bellelli who had come by to visit us is that a lot of those good Southern Baptists out there, one thing they've really learned to do well is not recognize each other at the liquor store. Oh! <laughs> Heard that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Good, good, which is the throat. <laughs> the... <laughs> this is full of wild animals. Grizzly bears, yeah. David Bowie killers. Freaky animals in the darkness? Not animal, but interesting wild tale of uh, ninja dwarf sticking a spear through somebody's ass. That's the immediately called for a reshoot of Game of Thrones? Yeah, precisely. They should uh, work Boy, where's on our animator friends when we need them? I know. Let's this mix is, those uh, two up. Oh, yeah, that would be a great it's animation. It's and it even yeah. makes it funnier. That would be brilliant. Uh, there's because we're recording about three weeks early compared to our release date there's a decent possibility that by this point I may have released the audiobook version of Not Afraid so if you are old fashioned and you like the book book actually having it in your hands Amazon is the way to go Not Afraid came out a couple of months ago my latest book and probably my latest for quite a while because I don't really plan on writing one anytime soon that's usually when he starts writing one there's uh, but possibly if you want to try the audio version it may be ready now if it's not it's gonna probably be ready by the next episode so just keep an eye on the episode notes if I've included it this time around or not with the link on where to get it um, quick shout out to Winery that's actually the name AUM they make amazing organic wines that they have been sweet enough to send me some tasted it it's brilliant so if you are into wine check them out I put a link in the episode notes and also to the nice folk of the JRE Island on Facebook it's a Facebook group these people were nice to me so figure out say hello um also as usual all our t-shirts they are up there in the episode notes the latest one it's the best yeah this is all there is to it i love this one i don't know I surfing nature is completely hilarious though. yeah it's, i like, love as far as witticism and awesomeness yeah yeah but this one's quite fine it's a close um it's a close matchup because i mean i kind of like them all because the dionysian parade i don't like the fact that it's black and white that is but at the same time it's such a scene of random intricacy that you just sit there and it's like where is waldo in dionysian fashion it's like where is dionysos and where's the there are so many great scenes right the other ones are all like the logo i love this one i love surfing niche i love i can't really pick a favorite i the other day, somebody ordered all four. They oh. had never ordered before, and they decided to go all out, and they ordered all four of them. So I had all four of them laid out on uh, on my couch as I was getting ready to semi-fold them at the best of my abilities. Did they get the orange or the, or the pink um, they had the, collection the, with Dionysian? The Dionysian one. was orange. And, That's a cool um, one, too. Yeah. That's yeah. the other thing I like. The freaky colors, you never really... Yep. Like, I don't know. And it's he's and he never works. been wrong. And it works, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, it's hard for me to pick. But yeah, when I look at this one, I'm like, that's my favorite. Then I look at the log, I'm like, oh, the log is genius. Then surf, it's like, it's hard to pick. I know. Trying to, try, like, like trying to pick the best picture. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Mad Max, The Revenant, and The Martian, those movies were great. Yeah, I, I still... I st- I stick to the Revenant so far. Nothing like gritty revenge tales for... Oh, it's so heavy. But... Um, I'm looking for you, Livingston. Yeah. I've died already. That won't scare me. Right. No, that's good stuff. I love the Native American stuff in there, too. I just thought it was That's actually haunting. a huge favor for me since I've been working on stories that are very much Native-related writing-wise. 
and I don't mean books, I mean screenplay and so on. Yeah, so yeah. that, you know how Hollywood is, is once they do something, then they try to redo the same movie 15 times. So that would definitely help possibly open some doors in the future. Because for a while, nobody wanted to see anything that was staged in the West that had to do with natives or anything. It just, there was that phase in the 90s when Dances with Wolves, Last of the Mohicans, all of that yep. died out by 1998, 2000 or so. Since then, there hasn't really been much of anything. Well, they always come back around, and though. Now it looks like it's swinging back in that direction again. So let's see. But in any case... Well, there's got to be great stories that are more like legends of the natives. They, they oh, man, there's awesome get stuff. Get in that way. No, but know? there's so much good stuff. It's Ghost uh, stories. And, so if you own Warner Bros., call me. I, uh, please do, man. Yeah. Let's do the Chief Joseph story again, if nothing else. That's depressing as fuck, though. There are others oh, that are so heavy, heavy, but they don't have to be that depressing. So there's maybe, just maybe, we can go a slightly different route. I, I just... just Everybody should know his name. This yeah, no, it's a great tale. I may do it for History on Fire or something. Oh, I'll be weeping. Yeah, you should. Start crying now already. I still... I, that one hurts me. What's left? Uh, <laughs> testing. Are these working today? I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're out. Okay, sorry. So that's, so let's continue. We definitely have a new piece for the end. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> donations we are recording back-to-back -back episodes so we do not have donations even so we're gonna as usual probably have the long list next month and nothing right now but thank you to anybody who's thinking of donating that's always sweet please 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 use our amazon link if you do that's awesome for us and it doesn't cost you anything more other than a couple of clicks there's maybe a chance i don't know if it works or not i haven't tested it that if you bookmark it, then you bookmark our link once, then you probably don't have to go through our link every single time. If you decide to do the experiment, let me know what it is that you bought and what day, so I can actually check whether it works or not. But uh, yeah, that's an option. But otherwise, a couple of clicks won't kill you, and it helps us so, so much. Now, we cannot forget our pals Daisy House have a brand new record out called Western Man. It's available out there on Bandcamp. We'll have it in the show notes so you can click right to it and grab a copy. Ten bucks for the record, $1.29. Get a couple singles if you like. Help these folks out. They've been responsible for our theme music since, like, episode four, and... That kindness deserves to be rewarded. So go out, grab a couple singles, go grab the record, support the people who support us. That's all we can ever ask for. Anyway, I have been given the great honor to be able to pick my favorite song off their new record. And after much consideration, I'm going with this gold nugget of pop music. She comes running back. Check it out. I've seen the face that haunts. A man wants what he wants. Why do you fear me? Turning to love that wasn't good enough to keep you near me. When she comes running back, with just one wheel left on the track, I know where I stand. She's all that matters to me. When she
everybody daisy house she comes running back off their brand new western man album great folk rock pop music i like it a nice eclectic blend of tunes from amazing harmonies that only seem to come from family members maybe they practiced singing in the tub as she was growing up or but the excellent lilac man amazing harmonies on that two ray manzarecki keyboard sounds on the super dark and creepy yellow moon rising song another one i almost picked as a favorite you should check them all out Daisy House has done us great favors. Please show them your thanks. Grab a copy of Western Man by Daisy House. The Bandcamp link is in the episode notes. Go support the people who support us. These guys have been kind enough to really just allow us to have the theme music that really is associated with the show. I mean, what could you associate more with the show than that at this point? Yeah, no, it doesn't. And I still love it. That theme music is brilliant. It's great. It's yeah. good. Nothing could be more appropriate. And they've always been super kind to us. So... Go ahead and grab a copy. Uh, in case you are going through withdrawal from chocolate post-Valentine Day and you need it, Coracao Chocolate, one of our affiliates. Check the links in the episode notes. Taoist Lecture Series. Lots of you guys have been checking it out. That's sweet. Thank you so much. Hope you have enjoyed it. If you haven't yet, less than 10 bucks for seven hours plus worth of material. It's great. And it's nicely kind of broken into chunks. You know, there's yeah. life, death. You, know, you can really get a... That was the shit. That's the first one. <laughs> There's about 16 of them, so it keeps it manageable. It's all like 20 to 45 minutes kind of land. And you get and the bigger uh, one, like the Cosmos, is just sort of like the, yeah. the big... What I like is often something will come up in your life, and it's nice to click on that topic. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of yeah, a fun yeah. way to listen to it. Absolutely. That's the and there is no specific order, so as long as you know, they're all 16 in there, you can just go up and down however you like. Anything else that we need to mention? No, that's it. I that think it was another fine episode. Cool. You guys have a wonderful day.
And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. Maybe I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. <laughs> in questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, yeah? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me. Can you about. translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work.